0: I always knew this day would come. By the way, that, that uh, if, if you're a pastor, they'll say, you know, one day you're going to get up and, and there's not going to your speaker's not going to show up, and so you have several options. Um, you can keep what one of my seminary professors called a napalm file, which is full of a sermon sermons that you've never preached, but because they're not very good. But but you can, you <laughs> but you can pull one out and just kind of deliver it at the moment's notice. Well, I don't have a napalm file. Um, I also thought that you could. Yeah, other thing you can do is you can pull out a really old sermon and try to just preach that again and fool everyone into thinking that it's a new sermon but i remember a conversation i had years ago with connie stewart and uh connie said uh, we had had a we had had a um a special speaker come in uh, and fill the pulpit because i was on vacation or something like that and and apparently the guy preached a sermon he had preached before at first alliance like six or seven years before that and connie takes notes and so she, she had the entire outline and all the notes and all the illustrations and everything else written down in her Bible. And I said, you know what, if Connie's here today, I can't preach an old sermon because she's probably got notes and she's gonna see them. I forgot that Connie's at the beach. And she might be watching right now, but she can't because the stream also broke this morning. So um, at, uh, it's, it's one of those days. So at, at, um, at the visitation time, for Murdy, back on on Tuesday, a lot of people who have been missing church did not dare miss coming to pay their respects to Murdy, and so I had some conversations with people that hadn't come to church in a long time, and um, they all pretty much said the same thing: um, "Oh, I know I should be back at church, and I'd really love to be there, and I love to be with God's people, but on Sunday morning at like nine or nine thirty, you know, the the covers are so warm, and." It's so easy to just kind of roll over and, and hit the switch on the TV or the computer or pull my phone under the covers with me or go to church that way or whatever. And so they said, I know I shouldn't do that. And so I don't know if we have the stream up and running again. I don't think that we do, but if those people are watching um, or see it later on or something like that, well, there you go. I told you so. Um, I thought rather than do any of those things or just stand up and talk about this kind of thing for a long time, I thought I would just share with you some things that had been on my heart recently uh, very basic things, actually. As I've been spending time with the Lord, one of the themes that's kind of been coming up to me is is a, a very, very basic phrase. And I've been thinking about what the word means and, and what the phrase means. And, and here's the phrase. It's one that you've heard before. There's even a famous hymn that's called this. The phrase is, living for Jesus. Living for Jesus. Uh, when when Cammie was baptized a, a few minutes ago, Wes asked her if, if she intended to live for Jesus, if she intended to live for Jesus all the days of her life, and she said yes. Well, what does that mean to live for Jesus? It could mean a lot of different things, and it seems to me that, that we have a lot of phrases in the Christian life that we just kind of toss around, and we don't necessarily think of what they mean, and one of them is living for Jesus. Are you living for Jesus? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question, and a lot of the answer to that question depends on what the meaning of a little word is, and it's the word for. If you're living for Jesus, um, the word for is, and the meaning of that word is actually pretty important um, if, if if you think about it, because you could mean a number of different things. I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 2, to one of my favorite verses in the Bible, which is Galatians 2.20. And you, some of you have probably memorized this at some point in your lives, but it, it's one of the greatest verses in the Bible when it comes to to living in the power of the Holy Spirit and to to living what is called the Christ life. We don't live the Christian life on our own power and by our own resources and depending upon our own righteousness or our own effort or our own spiritual fortitude or anything like that. We live the Christian life because Jesus lives the Christian life through us and we need his power to do it through the Holy Spirit. And that's what Galatians 2.20 says. Paul is talking to the Galatians and of course they... They got saved. They were believers, but they were in trying to live the rest of the Christian life. They had forgotten about the Holy Spirit, and they were just kind of trying to do things on their own in their own power. And Paul's like, look, you started out in the right way, but when you fell you fall off the bicycle, Galatians. You've got to get back on it and realize that the Christian life is to be lived the same way that it was started in the power of the Spirit um, by faith in, in Jesus. And so he says this to them about his own experience in verse 20 of chapter 2. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now that verse does not talk about living for Jesus. It doesn't say I am living for Jesus, but it basically does, and I'm going I'm to show you that. There are, there are three different ways to live for Jesus, and we're supposed to do all three of them. And this verse is mostly about the second one that I'm going to talk about, but it really alludes to the other two as well. Um, If you say you're living for Jesus, living for Jesus, what does the word for mean? For. My wife is currently lying at home with a cast on her foot, and she is uh, in a recliner. And because we have a split-level home, she's pretty much confined to one floor right now. And so I have been trying to, to, to help take care of her and, and do things for her. And she might say, Honey, can, can you do something for me? Can you, can you do something to help me? Can you, can, can you get a glass of water for me? Can you, can you um, go get my laptop for me? You know, I'm, I might run an errand and I might do something to, to, to help her. And I'm doing something for her, whether I bring her a few Advil or whether I bring her a cup of water, whatever I do, I love her and so I want to serve her and I want to please her and I want to help her and so I will do things for her, meaning I am serving her. I am trying to please her. And we are supposed to do these, to live for Jesus in that way too, right? We do things for Jesus. Do you do things because you want to please Jesus? Do you do things because you want to make Jesus happy? Do you do things because you know that Jesus has called you to do them, and you obey him, and you want to please him, to make him proud? Yeah. So the, the question comes, and I ask myself this question, when I think about living for Jesus in this way, trying to serve him, trying to please him, living for him in that way, I've got to ask myself the question, who are you really living for? Who are you really living for? Who are you trying to please? Who are you trying to make happy? Who are you trying to satisfy? Who are you trying to impress? Because a lot of the time, even those of us who are believers, if we think about it, maybe, maybe he's not really on the top of the list when it comes to the people that we're trying to impress. Are you trying to impress, are you living for yourself? Are you trying to oppress someone else? You know, who, 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 at the end of the day, whose opinion is, is most important to you? Is it Jesus' opinion? Are you looking for that well done good and faithful servant at, at, at the end of the race? Or is there something that, that you've been living as if you want to hear more than that? Uh, I, I think about that. It's convicting for me to ask that question. But I want you to go ahead and ask that question when you think about that use of the word for. To serve someone. To live to please someone. Are you living for Jesus? And yet that's, that's not the deepest most profound way of 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 living for Jesus, or even what this word "for" means. Any Pittsburgh Steelers fans here today? I see a few. Okay, the Steelers have an interesting week. Um, I'm pretty sure that Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback, has COVID, so he is on COVID protocol, so he will not be playing in the game. So that's a bad thing. Um, they're playing the Detroit Lions, which is a good thing for them. Um, <laughs> but ultimately. Their quarterback, sorry Matt Abbott if you're here somewhere, I didn't mean to, to hurt your feelings, but I'm getting you back for that Michigan State mess a couple weeks ago. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Big Ben will not be able to play this week, right? And so what has to happen? Somebody else, I'm not even sure who it is, has to come in and play for him right someone has to substitute for him somebody has to take his place in the starting lineup and line up behind center and hand the ball off or throw passes and call signals or whatever else the quarterback does they have to do his job they are playing for him they are taking his place and they are playing on his behalf have you ever thought about living for jesus in this way that's a totally different meaning of the word for right I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ lives in me. I live for him. The night before Jesus died, he told his disciples something that really kind of threw them off. He said, I'm leaving. You're not going to see me anymore and there were two, two ways in which he meant that. One, he talked about his death and resurrection. They were going to see him again, and they were going to be happy, and no one would take away their joy. But he also told them that he was going away. And his going away wasn't just going away for three days. His going away was going away and leaving them here on earth. But then he said something very puzzling to them. He said, you know what? It's a good thing if I go away. And they're like, what are you talking about? How could it possibly be a good thing if we can't be with you anymore how could it possibly be a good thing if this miracle working jesus who is this great teacher and and all is not going to be here how could anything possibly be better than that and jesus said if i don't go away i can't send the comforter but if i go away I will send him to you. He is with you, which is a good thing, but he will be in you. And that's what Paul's talking about in Galatians 2.20. Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. How does Christ live in me? Through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm not gonna be here anymore, but not personally, not, not in the flesh in the sense that you will see me, but I will still be here and I'll be living in you. And so with the Holy Spirit living inside of you, guess what? You will live for me. If I leave, I can send the Comforter, I can send the Holy Spirit who will empower you, who will enable you, who will live in you so that I can live through you. And then he said something even crazier. He said, you'll do greater things than I've done. He said that in John 15. Greater things will you do. Now, not greater things. Nothing could be ever greater than what Jesus did on the cross, right? Nothing can be ever greater than what the Son of God did for us. And yet, there are... Every time Billy Graham spoke to a crowd, he spoke to a lot more people than Jesus ever won to himself during his earthly career, right? There are, there, are, there are things just based on the scope of what has happened that are in a sense greater than the things that Jesus did just because of the number of people that have heard or the distance that's been traveled or, or, or the types of things that have been done in Jesus' name. Jesus said, you know what? Because the Holy Spirit's going to be in you, you're going to do greater things in some ways than even... I've done because I'm living in you and you're living for me. You know there is there the people in your life can't see Jesus physically, right? They can't. The people at your workplace cannot see Jesus. The people in your school cannot see Jesus. The people in your family that don't know Jesus, they can't see him, but 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 whom can they see? They see you. You're like, that's kind of that's kind of a crummy substitute. I'm not as good as Jesus. I can't. They can't. They, if they look at me, what are they going to see? Well, guess what? They're supposed to see. They're supposed to see Jesus. Not maybe you don't look like Jesus, just like I don't look like Pete, right? But you, but still, you you can live like Jesus. You can have Jesus living through you, and you can be the only Jesus that some people ever know, because they're seeing you. He's living through you. It isn't a matter of you trying so hard to. To imitate jesus and i've said this a lot but you can put that bracelet on all you want and maybe you should you know what would jesus do but but imitation as powerful as it is is never as powerful as indwelling imitation doesn't have the power imitation gives you direction of what your life is supposed to look like but only in the indwelling power of the holy spirit can you actually live like jesus but we are supposed to live for him he is not physically here but we are we are you are the body of christ You are his embodiment in this world. You are the fullness, Paul says, of him who fills everything in every way. So you're the fullness of Jesus in Lexington, in Davidson County, ultimately in the world. You are the only Jesus that people will ever see, and so you live for him. So we live for Jesus in the sense of wanting to please him and love him and serve him. We live for Jesus in the sense of, of being here, really in his place, on his behalf, living. And that's what Galatians 2.20 is mostly about. And yet there's another way of living for Jesus that, that really, really challenges me. And, and it's the one that, that I really pray will be a reality in my life. Um, but it's not always. I know it should be. And this is perhaps the most challenging of all. Yet, turn from Galatians to Philippians. Go over a couple of, of, of uh, New Testament books to Philippians chapter 3. I'll I'll read you a little. This is another kind of autobiographical passage of Paul's. um, But you can start, uh, I guess you can start in verse 10. Paul talking about his own life before Christ and how he had all this awesome legalistic righteousness that was pretty much worthless to him. And that's not what he wants. He doesn't want to be just a religious person. He doesn't want to just have a good reputation with other people. He wants something else. And he talks about what he wants when he gets to verse 10. He says, here's what I want that I may know him, that means Jesus, and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or already made perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those who are mature think this way. And he goes on. Um. Living, do you live for Jesus? What does for mean in this context? Some people live for money. Some people live for fame. Some people live for pleasure. Some people live for rest. Just get to the end of the day, right? Some people live for fun. Some people live for the beach, right? Some people live for the mountains. Some people live... Uh, to go on that one more you know, hunting or fishing trip or whatever. Some people live for music. Some people live for art. Some people live for, for beauty. That's what makes life worthwhile. Some people don't have a clue what they're living for. Probably at least half of us, right? Right? some some of you are just trying to you get up in the morning and you're like okay i got to get to the end of the day i'm gonna I'm, I'm on the treadmill of life and i'm just living and i'm doing my thing and i'm staying alive and i'm eating and i'm sleeping and i'm going to work and i'm listening to, to podcasts or whatever i'm doing and that's it i don't know why i'm living or what i'm living for but i'm, I'm staying alive staying alive um what do you live for What do you live for? You know, you can think about the favorite things in your life that you live for. That you just, you know, what are the things you look forward to the most? What are the things that get you most excited when you anticipate them? You know, things that may be in your future. Do you live to retire? Do you live to get married? Do you live to get the perfect job? What what are you living for? What are you aiming for? What is your goal? What are you, in Paul's words, pressing on toward the prize for? What are you living for? Do you realize. And this is where I really get convicted and I have, to, I have to preach to myself and pray that God will change my heart. Do you realize that loving Jesus, following Jesus, becoming like Jesus, worshiping Jesus, they, these are sometimes, they can be hard things. They can be difficult. They can be sacrificial. They can be, they can be costly. Sometimes we have to say goodbye to things in order to say hello to those things. But, but that Jesus is ultimately The most worthwhile thing to live for, to get more of Him, and to me, that's the, that's maybe the most powerful, most incredible, most awesome way to live for Jesus in a way, you know, because it's kind of the ultimate, and I pray that God will, will. Will take me on that journey and help me to live for Jesus that way. Not, not just to want to please him and make him happy that living for serving him not just a living in his place and living for him and being Jesus to the people around me and embodying him in this world but also just wanting more of Jesus loving Jesus so much that, that I, I, I want to be with him I, 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 want, I, want, more, I want to be more Jesus-y you know, I just want more of him in my life and I want to be closer to him are you living for Jesus that way? I'm guessing that, that, that everybody here has some level they're at or some, some one of those ways of saying for is gonna bring you to a certain level of conviction or or, or, or thinking about where God wants you to be right now. Um, last question though, why? <laughs> why would I want to live for Jesus? Why would I want to live for Jesus when I can live for chocolate, you know, or live for 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 for, for my favorite hobby? Or, you know, why would I want to live for Jesus when there's so many other things I could do and so much else I could accomplish and so many ways to make my reputation? There's a lot of good things. Why please him? Why live in his place? Why live for more and more of him? Um, If you go back to the Galatians passage, it pretty much answers the question. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, I was thinking. Jesus died for us. Did Jesus die to help us and to serve us? To die for us in that way? Yeah, he said. He said, "I've I've come not to not to be served, but what to serve." You know. So did Jesus? Did Jesus die to help us along? To 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 serve us? Did he die because? we couldn't help ourselves you know because kind of like we we couldn't get around a whole lot and so jesus jesus needed to help us yeah he, he did die for us in that way he died to serve us and to help us when we couldn't do anything to help ourselves did jesus die in our place <laughs> that's a pretty easy one to answer right that kind of four did jesus die for us because because we're the ones that were supposed to die i hope you understand that that's that's really the foundational truth here did jesus die for us because he died in our place yeah jesus became a full-fledged human being so that he could qualify to take our place and he paid the penalty for our sins on that cross then he rose again also in our place so that we too could live a new life in his power you just saw a picture of that when Cami came out from under the water and west said died in the like buried in the likeness of christ raised to walk in newness of life to walk to to live a whole new life jesus died for us he rose again for us and when we are baptized we show that we are identifying with jesus that when he died on the cross that was us when he rose from the dead that was us he died for our sins and he rose for our life and when we take communion every month we are preaching this sermon to each other and reminding ourselves that yes that was us that he died for that he died in our place we identify with him because he identified with us i thought what about that last way did jesus die with us because he wanted more of us and he wanted to be with us forever hebrews says um that that for the joy set before him he endured the cross and I think, do you think that joy included eternity with you and me? Do you think that was part of what that joy was? We can go a little bit too far here and assume that Jesus is obsessed with us because we're so wonderful. Je- <laughs> I'm serious. This is, a, this is a heresy that is going around today, okay? I am not, the, we are not the greatest thing since sliced bread. In fact, we all have major issues, <laughs> okay? Yes, Jesus loves us. Jesus His obsession in life was to please the Father and to glorify the Father and to glorify God. Part of that, part of that is embodying God's love for us, dying in our place to bring us to God. Okay, now it all gets gets mixed up sometimes when we think that Jesus died for me because I was such a great person. No, he didn't. He submitted to the Father's will and he died for me because he loved me. And he did not want to go on without me. He did want to be with me forever. He did want to forgive me. He did love me so much that he couldn't bear to watch me go to hell. Jesus did die for me for all those reasons. He died because he loves me, because he wants me, and because he wants more of me. I think sometimes we, you know, we get a little bit too coldly theological and we forget that Jesus is an emotional person and that he really does love us and that he is excited to spend eternity with us. He looks forward to the time when we're not doing communion here without him, but that he's leading the ceremony himself, if you will. You know, when I, when I do it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus died for us. He died serving us. He died taking our place. And he died for us in the sense that he wanted to be with us forever. So when you think about for, <laughs> when you think about living for Jesus, Um, Hopefully you just kind of grabbed on to to some of those things. Those are just some thoughts I've had in the last few days in in my spending time with the Lord. Um, And and we did a song in prayer meeting about, uh, if you come to prayer meeting on Wednesday, those of you who like to sing old hymns, we do an old hymn every single time. And the only qualification is it has to be a hymn that we don't do in the service. And so about four or five weeks ago, we did this one. I'm just gonna read you a couple of verses of it. I don't usually end by, by, by sharing a poem or a hymn um, but it's, it's a hymn that, um, that you might sing in your head if you know it. If not, just listen to the poetry. Living for Jesus, a life that is true, striving to please him in all that I do, yielding allegiance, glad-hearted and free. This is the pathway of blessing for me. Living for Jesus who died in my place, bearing on Calvary my sin and disgrace. Such love constrains me to answer his call, follow his leading, and give him my all. O Jesus, Lord and Savior, I give myself to thee. For thou in thy atonement didst give thyself for me. I own no other master. My heart shall be thy throne. My life I give henceforth to live, O Christ, for thee alone. Let me pray for us.